I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. No snappy intro? Uh, no. I no. didn't have anything. No, neither did I. I'm tired. I've run out of snappy intros. What did I used to say? That's g'day, okay. g'day. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of just say whatever. I did have a good one last time, though. I was kind of, I'd, I'd had that in my pocket. Nice. The, the lizard drinking or whatever. The flat out like a lizard drinking, so, yeah. I was glad yeah. I got to teach you about that. But when I was editing the episode, like, I just had this doubt. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it means busy, but I'm going to check. And yeah, it means busy. Oh, yeah. No, it, like, I, I like the descriptiveness of it once you said, oh, it means busy. Like, it, it just totally mm. clicked. Kind of like how we've been talking about, you know, lying to the mocking engine or you know lying to the implementation when you're mocking like that's another thing that just clicked like anytime that i don't know why but anytime over the years people have said that like i've seen that in titles of other podcasts or things like that when they're talking about testing like lies someone gave a talk maybe like the lies we've told or something in, okay. in the laravel community maybe that sounds a little familiar in my head but anyway it didn't click for some reason until you we're talking about it in our own podcast and then it was just like oh yeah we're lying see this is why i think it's good for people to like some people are afraid to put content out because they feel like it's already been done but i feel like for to pick up on a concept you need to hear it multiple times from multiple people and you never know if your bit yeah. of content is going to be the one that like is that a half moment for someone so yeah i mean it collectively took all of it but <laughs> It was it was in that moment where yeah it just it just clicked yeah you know so hopefully we helped uh, click for some other people as well but there's all these people at work uh, now just talking about how they're lying to their code and their bosses are like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds strange but yeah it was it was it was descriptive I liked it so anyway busy busy too with uh, of course the Laravel nine release uh, we had pre recorded last episode in advance because we knew it was going to be busy or I knew it would be busy. Mm -hmm. So it's been going really well. Uh, but just of course, by sheer volume of people, you know, using it, it's kind of the season to upgrade, of course. Yep. So I'm just getting like more support emails, mostly just packages that aren't in, you know, aren't compatible yet. Maybe a couple bugs here and there, but you know, might just be some automation that is missed. I've even seen the upgrade guide add some things, you know, that, coincidentally have also come in as a support emails for shift like the same day so it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of funny to get that extra stuff so how do you um, find like with say the laravel 9 shift compared to previous ones like is there getting less and less bugs proportionate to the amount of people that are running it i i think so i mean all of the stuff that has come in I, well maybe not all i would say 90 percent of what's come in truly has been that it's truly been people that said hey uh yeah it worked great i just need to wait on these two packages that aren't compatible yet or oh it worked great but i had to go back and change like this one bit of special configuration yeah. like that's to be expected right like you're gonna get that no matter how you upgrade yeah um i really like how with shift like how you send that email out like is it seven days after the shift it's two days. Two yeah, days Two after. weekdays. Two weekdays after. I kind of confused some people in my in the Shifty Bits newsletter. I, I said two week. It's on a two weekday delay, and I think that just kind of like blew some minds. It sounds funny. It does sound funny. Yeah. So if it's on a Friday, you won't get it on the Sunday. You'll get it on like the Tuesday or something. I do that because I just I don't want to be bugged with emails no. on the weekend. No. So like, and it's not like you're probably. I mean, probably you're not going to be merging that PR on a Sunday. So yeah. 
let's just wait. I like how the emails are kind of, they're just really conversational. Like, yeah, it's automated. We know it's not really JMac manually replying to everyone, but it hasn't got like all sorts of fancy graphics. I'm like, how did you do? And there's like a star rating or anything. It's like, just yeah. hit me back with a reply. And then you just get these things where people are like, just tell you off the cuff feedback. So it's it's pretty high. Even the people that know it's automated sometimes will reply and say, "Hey, I know this is automated, but you know I'm gonna <laughs> send a reply anyway because here's what I thought." And then I reply to them, and they're like, "Whoa, you know," because <laughs> I do. I re- I reply to everyone. Yeah. You know? I really do. I so. mean, that's literally I think how we met was I sent you an email about your book, didn't I? Oh yeah, you were like, "Yo, I paid for this thing." Where's, Where's the, audio the audio version? version? Yeah, punk. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. I'll get that out tomorrow. <laughs> I just sat in my office and recorded the whole book. I just like, read the whole book. So, no. No, it was good. But, yeah, any, anyway, back to your point. The um, I, I do think this one's gone really well. Uh, and, and the support has been definitely not, like, screaming it broke, like, in the early days where, like, oh, it just totally missed this whole <laughs> section of automation. Like, it totally overwrote my code, like, Really none of that. I think the nastiest bug, which maybe to get us into the episode, the class-based routes conversion is is definitely a challenging conversion because there's just so many ways you can write routes. You know, you can register them with the array syntax. You can chain them with the fluent methods. You can mix and match both of those. Um, You know, the way in which you maybe used to have been written were tuple syntax or, or or just raw strings or string actions or invocable controllers like yeah. just so many different bits of syntax that you can put into a routes file and starting with Laravel 8 of course Laravel you know by default kind of prefers the tuple syntax um, you know you get that nice kind of PHP help where it interprets those class names to make sure that they're legit right yeah Whereas in the past, you could have just said whatever controller, and it's really not going to be a problem until runtime. You know? Yeah, there's no static checking. I mean, the method name, does the method name get statically checked with a tuple? It's like the callable no. syntax. No, it doesn't. That's a shame. No, but at least the class does. Yeah. So, and trust me, as, as working on Shift for all these years, I've seen a lot of people with a lot of dead code in relation to routes, routes. and classes and methods yeah. that don't exist. It's weird. Like, the so. routes file... Like a lot of stuff in Laravel, you create like a new model or a new thing. So you're always creating new stuff. But the routes file is just always editing that one monolith of a file. And obviously you can separate yeah. it into, you can separate it however you want. But by default, you get like the API sure. and the web. But And that's kind of another challenging aspect because you could theoretically like do a route group and then do an include <laughs> inside of that yeah. route group. And, you know, so there's, there's, you know, there's definitely boundary cases that it doesn't cover. Mm-hmm. And where it doesn't cover them, it leaves them alone. But there were some bugs in there that just people had been reporting. But now, again, with that volume increase because of Laravel 9, you know, you're getting a few more people reporting it. And again, this this doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. It's still what I would put in the category of boundary case. But it's it's a bug nonetheless. And basically where it has trouble is when you have, like, what I call parallel class hierarchies, or in this case, parallel controller hierarchies. So you would have like a user controller nested under admin. Mm -hmm. You would have a user controller nested under client, or you would have a dashboard controller nested under admin, or a dashboard controller nested under client or portal, Mm -hmm. or whatever the domain is, right? So when Shift went in there, what I found was like 
after some digging or more to the point of this podcast like or episode after looking at it and converting it to our new testing layer where it actually looked at you know kind of a fake project Mm -hmm. where we had faked some controllers and dropped in a routes web file like it started showing these things that people were talking about whereas before i was lying right i was saying like oh okay you're gonna and i was setting up a scenario with all those mocks and expectations where that just never really happened or it was too perfect of a scenario right I needed the more I needed that chaos that comes from the various ways that developers write their code. Yeah, and I mean, like to be fair, you did you know, whenever a bug comes in, we do add a fixture generally to like replicate the bug, but yeah. It depends on where the bug happens as to whether or not it's like can be done in a fixture or whether it's like you know, something that's being mocked. Yeah. And what's even sweeter about this testing approach is now Instead of kind of getting that fixture and then to your point, tweaking it a little bit to, to make it work with those mocks. Now I literally ask, hey, can I have your original routes web file? Yes. They send it to me. I straight up drop it in the folder yeah. and we're good to go. Yeah. There's no there's no chance for me to lie. I get to see exactly what they see when they get the PR, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, well, shift is um, well, yeah, yeah, here's here's a link to the commit. Well, I can't see your repo. Like I, <laughs> you know, I know you gave Shift access, but I don't have access. Yeah. Like that's just an API token that that Shift uses with GitHub. It's not it doesn't give me access to your repo. You know, this yeah. sort of, so I've been hacking on that bug for honestly probably since Laravel eight, and it just didn't come in frequent enough over that time span because again, it it is a bit of a boundary case bug. You really have to have a lot of routes, kind of all in the same file, using some old syntax you know, the old array options syntax, and then again, having that parallel class hierarchy. Yeah. And if you don't have that, it, it's going to work for you and it looks awesome. Yeah. But when you do have that and you have like these nested groups with namespaces in them and, st- you know, it, it, it started to get a little hairy and you could get chunks of code wrong or like bad imports and it's all fixable. Like it's all pretty obvious, right? Like yeah. if your routes file is broken, but it's just a, it's still, it's still a bad experience. We could do better. Agreed. And the other tricky thing with the routes file is like, depending on the changes you're making, you can actually be like reducing the amount of nesting that's required in the routes file indentation. And sometimes you'll remove multiple layers of indentation and trying to give them back code that's properly indented is tricky. And like, we could run a, um, you know, like a fixer or something on there, but that's going to apply all sorts of other opinions and then the diff is not exactly. going to be like this nice clean diff of like, I changed this line to this. It's going to be this like, I've given you this opinionated style across your whole file. <laughs> yeah, that's still a sticking point for, you know, some users of shift is is how it applies the code style. And it, it's all configurable, you yeah. know, and it, it's not as much as maybe it used to be when, when the code style maybe wasn't as well adopted by the community, but like, and before it was configurable. Mm. Um, so now that it is, I think a lot of times people, you know, when they do come back and maybe have that comment, yeah, it worked great, but gosh, I had a lot of files to review because it, it applied this code style, you know, which is, hey, I like it, but, you know, I just, it's a lot to look at. Yeah. And, you know, I just let them know, hey, here's here's this link to this video. All you got to do is just drop in your rule set. A lot of times people are already using their rule set. It just might not have been part of their project mm-hmm. or it might 
been under a, a different name than maybe Shift was looking for. So yeah. But yeah, going back to the bug, like. So I sat down, I think, last Friday when I started getting some of these review emails on that delay from the release. And, you know, by the time a little back and forth to get this routes file. So I set up a bunch of fixtures. And again, I rewrote these tests with a new testing layer because it's just so much cleaner. It's so much easier. And it, it just is so much more true to life that I was able to just drop these in and immediately see the exact thing they were describing. And so then it was a matter of like, okay, why is it doing this now, right? So we have a good test, a good failure. Why is it doing this? So I was hacking on that for like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I guess, what is it, Thursday, Wednesday. And last night, I mean, I, I had it I had it fixed. I found the bugs with <laughs> our new sweet testing layer. But there's there was just these little nuance, those little touches that I just wanted it to have. And I was just, you know, no sleep with Izzy, whatever, like, I was like, tag Jess, you're, yep. you're in, here's, you're on another, you're all, it's daytime for you. It's nighttime for me. Take, take care of this. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting one. Cause like, yeah, just coming in with, I didn't have a whole lot of context and I'm just like, okay, I can see failing tests. I can fix failing tests and far out that thing has yeah. been kicking my, my butt. Yeah. Those little nuanced things are, are kind of funny, but I, again, I think it's what makes shift feel magical. Yeah. So we'll probably deploy it without these little nuanced things just to fix the overarching bug. You know, I think mm. that's, I think that's the greater good in that scenario. And, and then we'll continue on to, to fix some of these little yeah. indentation nuances, but where it was removing like nested route groups sometimes that's pretty nasty so yeah that's that is fixed and that will get deployed yeah. um later but that's been the nice thing about this testing layer and i think what we kind of alluded to last episode is <laughs> how many bugs were <laughs> kind of floating around in the code like these deep-seated bugs yeah i guess stepping back a second like when we first implemented this we were only using it for laravel 9 so it was all new code but even in doing so it touched deeper layers of that shift facade, right? Yeah, like touched, utilities and stuff. Yeah, it touched all these little utility methods that we use to find files and search the, you know, search the project for things. And it was funny because I just felt like in the beginning, every test that we were writing revealed some kind of little nuanced edge case, mm. you know, down in that. Again, for the most part, it worked. But once we kind of started pushing it, there would be one or two things that were strange. There were some deep-seated bugs in there that, like, people had been mentioning for a long time, and I just kind of never knew, and it wasn't that problematic, so I think everyone just lived with it. Again, kind of another nicety of having a developer, you know, user base. Yeah, is, yeah I get it. No problem. We just ended up doing this, but it's not what I wanted. You know, I no. want you to just be able to use Shift, and it runs great, and see you later. High five. You know, not necessarily like, oh, no, it's good. Don't worry. Like, that's not what I'm after. Yeah. I thought it was interesting you said that when you got this bug, you rewrote the test with the new framework. And this is something that I've been grappling with a little bit when I've been, like, working on some code that uses the old tests. Because normally, I wouldn't want to go through and, like, go, oh, we have this new thing. I'm going to rewrite the whole code base to use this and so if there's been a tiny little bug i haven't rewritten the test with the new stuff yeah but there are times like this and i've had one as well where it was like this is going to be so much easier to like fix this if i just rewrite the test with the new framework because it's actually going to show me like it's worth the time investment to do that that change 
for that one test, but I wouldn't go to the whole the whole code base. <laughs> I've definitely come to the same conclusion after this last bug. And again, seeing how much is revealed from testing in this new style, I, I'm tempted to say that's a policy, like just between us. Like if we touch it. <laughs> If you go in and, and touch a test, like you have to make it the new testing style. Yeah. It's really not that bad. I mean, you That's really just thing. swap it's, out mocks yeah. to, to fake the project. I mean, instead of saying, get file, here's the file name you get, and now give it back this fixture, you really just create an, an array map and fake project. Yeah. The hardest part is just wading through all the mocks to find like the right fixtures yeah. to then just... The ones you care about. Yeah, yeah. Like go delete all of the things, just grab those couple of fixtures and then rewire it back up again some of them are a little tricky because like maybe if it was looking at other files in the system so like going back to that routes one like it looks to see if a controller exists so you have to kind of make a fake controller which again now that we have the ability to just pass a string is super simple because you could just say here's the file name of that controller and oh it's just a php open tag because we we don't necessarily care what's in the controller we only care about its existence yeah. on the disk yeah so there is some lying going on there, but I think that kind of lying is probably okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like more of a only do what's necessary. That's not necessarily yeah, the lies. Because we know that the yeah we know the implementation's not actually reading anything in that file to do anything. So that that lies okay. <laughs> yeah, to me that's no different than like not setting up additional you know config files when the test doesn't even use them. Yeah, like yeah, it's kind of the it kind of falls in that area yeah. more so than than lying, but. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's just it's really been amazing. Uh, it, some of the ones that it's found, this one, some of those things with like the utility classes where it it wasn't like Shift has webhooks. This was another quick example. Shift has webhooks if you're a subscriber and you can set them up to to run whatever tasks that are in the workbench on your pull request. Now it's only supposed to apply to the changed files, right? Mm -hmm. It's only supposed to inspect the changed files as part of that pull request and, and analyze those. Well, for a while, again, I'd been getting, every now and then someone would say, you know, it changed this file over here. It changed this config file. Yep. Oh, really? Well, well did you, was that, and they were like, oh, it's not even changed in the PR. Like I didn't, it's not part of the pull request. Like why did shift change it? Yeah. Not only did it change it, like it was obviously doing something kind of weird with it. Like it was blanking it out or it was defaulting it or something. Mm -hmm. And again, didn't come in very often. They were like, oh, we just, you know, reverted. No big deal. But again, not the experience, you know, shift should be providing. Yeah, exactly. So, but it wasn't for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it only, again, it only came in like once every two or three months. So I just... In, in the mix of everything else, I just kind of never really got in there deep and looked at it. And again, now with this new testing layer, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out this new testing layer. I'm going to drop this thing in here and see what happens. And sure enough, it was broken. What was <laughs> happening was the utility classes were, we had upgraded them to be a little smarter and look at Composer JSON to analyze the um, auto-loading yep. that your project does. So instead of having to hard configure shift to say, oh, go look at these other things, because it kind of only looks at the app folder, for example, for Laravel. Mm -hmm. But now it'll actually go in, look at your auto-loading, and if you're auto-loading classes in a domain or you're auto-loading them in some modules or whatever people do, right, like it should find those files now. Yeah. 
Well, part of that, though, at the very end is to filter those based on what has changed. And if so for the webhooks, if your files didn't match up with the files that were in your autoloading, you effectively returned an empty array, which is correct because you shouldn't go look at those files. They're not part of the changed files yep. in the PR. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> that was then getting passed to another utility <laughs> that said, oh, if I get an empty array, I'm going to search all your files. <laughs> now, we would have never seen that because we always would have mocked yeah. that one high-level search mm -hmm. to always return the things we thought it should be looking at. Yep. Yep. But when you hook it up to a real project and you tell it real files changed based on that user report and you see it suddenly changing every freaking file, <laughs> you realize something's wrong here. Yeah. So, which led us to do a nice refactor that actually we had been wanting to do since the Tailwind shifts where we split up those file searches to be, hey, search PHP files or hey, search all files. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, just... Again, testing layer has been great to identify these different bugs. I'll admit, I've been totally comfortable doing, you know, again, what the Laravel community calls spell checky, unit testy type tests. And they definitely, absolutely have their place. But I think with a project like Shift that is, you know, doing so much with so many files, it's a little counterintuitive to think that an integration test would, or an integration style test would be, um, more appropriate or easier, you know, to, to write even. You wouldn't think it'd be easier because you'd think you'd have to set up so much more stuff. You'd think you'd actually have to mock more to yeah. do an integration test, but we're actually mocking less because... I mean, we kind of mocked nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess like a, a real so. integration test, you wouldn't be mocking probably anything at all. You let things hit the database, you let it, things hit external APIs, yeah. whatever it is, so... Yeah. Yeah. You have you have an underlining test system, whether that's a test database or a, or a fake server or a sandboxed API or whatever it is, right? Like, you're hitting real stuff though. Yeah. Um, it's just giving you kind of test data or dummy data. But I guess or whatever like you call it. sometimes to trigger the behavior you want that in a unit test, you could literally call that one method. If you want to call that from an integration mm -hmm. test, you've got to call it from the outside from somewhere that will eventually call that method at yeah. some point during its its lifespan. And so normally that's kind of what makes integration tests, like you don't want to write as many of them because you might have to like set up so much more of the world to get to that scenario. But yeah, there's definite world building that we were doing. But again, we were we were doing it anyway. Yeah. So we were kind of already at that crossroads and we just kind of lived with that pain for a while because, you know, we felt like it was working. But again, it's just it's just been kind of eye opening. Yeah. And I think that's what's really converted me is, again, in the beginning when we were converting things to write, to be this new testing style, to be this new kind of snapshot fixture -y testing style, like every single time was turning up something, either some pain point that we wanted to refactor or a true bug in that had been living in shift for years. Yeah. And just not enough projects were affected by it to, to really raise any alarm. Yeah. I would say that with like with the shift stuff, you can't really do unit tests on the tasks because they have to reach out too much. And like to me, a unit test, you're testing an individual thing. So you've got input that goes in that you control and then input the output that goes out. And that 
what happens in the middle shouldn't really reach out outside of that anywhere else because then you're not really controlling that. And that's obviously when mocking comes in. Um, so to me, this integration style of testing does make a lot more sense because of the nature of a shift task that it is reaching around the whole system and doing stuff. It's kind of like trying to mock an eloquent model. Like you just wouldn't do it. You'd be mocking every single database request, all this sort of stuff. It's just, there's no point mocking it when you can actually just let it hit the database. And yeah, like any, yeah. any speed you may lose is not really going to be noticeable and it's going to pale in comparison to the amount of like time it takes you to like write those mocks and maintain those mocks. Yeah. We're, we're pushing up on time here. So I think we should maybe shelf like what, what could be considered some of the drawbacks of using this testing layer for maybe the next episode. Cool. But I think, I think this time I, I just want to end on, on one last point and kind of going back to the title of episode 45, I just kind of said like snapshot fixture integration testing. <laughs> like I just kind of threw all the buzzwords at it. And that, that was a bit of an internal joke because, um, I think around that same time, I had come across a tweet by Nuno uh, just saying, you know, hey, there's all these design patterns and best practices and like acronyms and, you know, abbreviations and names for things. And he says, you know, a lot of times I just use them and I don't even really know what they are. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm, you know, I'm still kind of applying them. And I just I thought that was that was really cool. And that was kind of top of mind. And I, I ended up kind of echoing his tweet because it, it really kind of reminisced with the whole Yagni thing. But like this may not be true hardcore snapshot testing what we're using. You know, this may not be, you know, fixture testing or maybe that's not even a proper testing term, like, right? Yeah, like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, kind of, kind of, yeah, who cares? Yeah, like, it's... I, and that's kind of why I threw all those names. It was kind of just a joke to myself or a joke between us. But like, you know, and, and some people might even push that this is end-to-end -end testing it's not integration testing or something i don't care what yeah. category you put it in like it has made our lives better mm -hmm. like it has made testing fun which is a huge win like if you can encourage or even make it fun like i kind of look forward to changing some of these old tests honestly now just yeah. to see can i make this thing break with a better testing strategy yeah. like that's been kind of fun it's been um, so fun that we've literally so, done like how many podcast episodes on it? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess four four of them now, maybe one more to go. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I think that that relays the excitement though, and mm. and and that's kind of the point. Don't don't get caught up in the technical. Don't get caught up in the academic, you know, or using even the proper names, which is what I kind of went on to say in the tweet. Like, just write the code, you know, just write the test. Like, do the simple thing figure out what it's called later or be be receptive when someone tries to help you label it later like don't worry yeah, about that like, so much up front though it definitely helps to have like shared language so that you know you can describe a concept and everyone's on the same page straight away but like so, so many of these terms are pretty murky in all the different languages and different frameworks and all that like there's a lot of crossover and gray area between them yeah and yeah like use whatever style is fun to test and catches all the bugs and does all the good things and then figure out what it's called later yeah right on well uh so yeah so we'll we'll do one more on the testing layer and then maybe just round out this mini series so uh thanks for listening cool. and see you next time see ya show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 46